0: Thank you. Bit of a depressing way to start the morning, isn't it? It's all useless. What's the point in being here? Goodness, should have stayed in bed. Come here and get told everything's useless. It's um, the book of Ecclesiastes, and um, obviously depending on what translation you look at, useless. I actually hadn't come across useless. I thought meaningless was pretty bad, but useless, useless. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, to be in your house, Lord, it is such a joy to to pray, to worship, to praise you, oh God. Father, it is good to be here, Lord. Thank you that we can sit and be still in your presence, oh God. Thank you that your word, your, your word to us is alive today, Lord. It is sharper, sharper than a two edged sword, Lord. It gives us life, it gives us truth, it gives us reality, Lord. We ask your blessing now in the name of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to be here, isn't it? Good to be here. Great. I I want to start a series on, on Ecclesiastes this morning. And Ecclesiastes is just that, I'm sure you've all read it, if not read it. It's just this great Old Testament book. That works for today. It's real, it's relevant, it's questioning, it's asking, it's not always answering. It leaves us in limbo at times, and we wonder. And it's, it's about a preacher who, who's writing, he's searching for the meaning of life. And we go through our whole life searching, searching for the meaning of life. And when we find Christ, we get a foundation, we get a sustenance, we we, we get a, a place to start, to build the meaning of life from. So this morning I want to look at, instead of useless, I want to use the word meaningless, which I think is a little bit nicer than useless. So however, and this, these these funny little words that start with, they're translated from the Hebrew. They can also mean a breath or a breeze or fleeting or vanity. in, in Psalms you, it says, you have my days, a few hand breaths, and my lifetime as is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath, perhaps useless again. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. In Proverbs, charms, deceitful, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And then we have vanity and vanity as well, don't we, if you've read other translations. But meaningless, nothing lasts. Life progresses. We all get old. Stuff happens. This is about the transient nature of our human existence. And, and it's a bit of a rough way to start this morning, isn't it? But the question the book is asking, what does it mean? to be alive and living today. And the writer says there's actually not much to live for in life. He's like, if you think it's hard work and gaining stuff is what life is all about, according to this author, you're going to be really annoyed and brassed off and disappointed. Even Plato, that ancient Greek philosopher, he said, man is a being in search of meaning aren't we there's a searching in all of us and ecclesiastes asks this raw and true question what is the meaning what is the point of life but no one is going to actually ask such direct questions are we because on the surface of it in our modern life world that we live in today money fame, accumulating stuff, that rules, and the question is too hard to answer. Last Saturday morning, my wife and I, we had a discussion, Uh, then we had a debate, then we had a full-on argument, and she still talks to me. But I read in the paper last Saturday morning that you could win $30 million in lotto. Who read that? Dude! I said to Sue, look at this, $30 million, we can win. Then we had a discussion, turned into an argument for 30 minutes on what to do with the $30 million. (laughs) We couldn't agree. Well, obviously you have to buy a ticket to start with. But we, in the end, we decided we didn't want the money. It's useless. It's meaningless. It's going to cause more. It's just dumb. We didn't want $30 If you gave me $30 million, come on. Well, that's what my wife told me anyway. We don't need it. But, you know, there are stories. Some people can win the money and be very successful. There are a whole bunch of other stories where they win all the money. And within a couple of years... They've lost it all, their families, their relationships, everything's wrecked. People aren't speaking to them because they didn't give auntie enough money or cousin enough money. Useless, meaningless. And the only way we are going to find an answer to life is through our Saviour, our Lord, our Jesus. And, and church is a place where we come, where we need to be here to be reminded of the meaning of life, to be reminded of heaven, to be reminded of our eternity, to see that this faith that we have, this faith is active, it is alive. It's not an old book we stick on a shelf somewhere and pull out every so often. It is alive, it is living with us. I spoke with Armin Mond last week, and he was telling me how must have been like midlife, was it? You went, you studied theology. He went off, he studied theology and he passed it. Well, he's a bright man. Then a couple of years later, he did a master's degree in theology, which I think is really amazing. And the point is to continually find meaning in your faith, whatever that looks like. It's not necessarily studying theology, but finding meaning when we live in a meaningless world. Now, I hope I'm not going to get myself in trouble here. The Kardashians. Don't put your hand up if you watch the Kardashians, okay? I watched the Kardashians. It was about 13 years ago. I turned the tally on, and there was this beautiful family, the Kardashians. Beautiful, nice people. Everything's beautiful. And I watched it for whatever it took. Yep, okay, that's all right. The following week, I turned on the tally. There's the Kardashians again, all the beautiful people. And then after five minutes, I thought, this is really stupid. They don't do anything. They don't act. They don't sing. They don't dance. There's no storyline. There's no great drama. Well, sometimes there's a bit. They just walk around the house. So I turned it off. I said this is ridiculous. This is meaningless. They don't do anything. And that was the start I think of reality TV and it's gone on. Reality TV now sells. People love it. Sadly, I noticed early evenings now there's a I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there's an English program which young people, you know, probably watch and reality TV. It's absolutely useless. It's meaningless but that's our world, isn't it? Meaningless stuff sells. People are attracted to it. And somehow we've got to step away from this popular world and find a meaningful life because that is not reality. They call it reality, but it's actually not. And, and step away. I'm not saying we drop out of society and become annoying hermits or anything like that. But there's always something to distract, dissuade the Christian mindset. And we have to come back to meaningful life, to Ecclesiastes that tells us how to find and how to live our best life every day, whatever age, whatever your background, wherever you're coming from, finding and living your best life. Not what someone else or what some TV program tells you it should be like, but basically living your best life to find happiness, to find the contentment that we're looking at. So when you look at this first chapter, we're told that, well, you can work really hard, but it doesn't really do a lot of good. All the generations come, all the generations go, it's almost like a boring rut, isn't it? The sea, the sun rises and sets, the wind goes round and around, the seas, the, s- the streams run into the seas, and basically everything becomes just wearisome. You know, it's just like the chiefs. They'll be back next year, won't they? They might try and win next year. Ian Foster will take the All Blacks away and they'll try and win. If he doesn't win, it's okay. We've got Razor, haven't we, coming up? just goes round and round the circle. Am I allowed to say it's meaningless in New Zealand? I don't know if I am. You know, we are humanity. We're growing. We're developing science, medicine. We can look better. We can live longer. We can live more comfortably. Everything can be nice. We can have nice things. We can have recreation. We can have all good stuff. It's all good feel stuff. But from what I read, we're all getting stressed out. And most of the medical conditions, a lot of them, are attributed to stress. So we have all the good stuff, but we have all the other stuff as well. What are we chasing? What's meaningful? What is your very state of being? As you sit here, what is my state of being? Who am I? What am I? What is the state of my life right now? What am I living with? What am I living for? As I get older, I like to read books on health and fitness. Because I'm getting older. Basically, I'm aging. Getting old. And I recently finished reading a book by this highly trained medical specialist in America. And his goal is to help people live longer. Live well longer. So, he looks at all the factors to help toward aging. Basically, the book's about physical fitness and nutrition. Looking after yourself, which is fine, which is good. I enjoyed the book. Thinking this is good, all good, interesting stuff. Until... I got to the final chapter. Whoops, went too far. Which is called A Work in Progress. The high price of ignoring emotional health, he states emotional health and physical health are closely intertwined. Basically, right up to this last chapter, this this great academic author, science man, brilliant man, all about physical health and nutrition And this last chapter, his whole world fell apart. Emotionally, mentally, he was out to lunch. He had to book into an institution. His whole world just collapsed around him, and he voluntarily went into an institution in America for help. He stayed there for two weeks, thought he was all right, and then left again, which was the wrong thing to do. And he writes quite openly and honestly in this chapter and that he had to go back into this institution Basically, his past caught up with him and everything, family, you know, he was in danger of losing everything. He'd put everything into physical health, nutritional, he knew everything, but he'd left this part of his world out and he just totally fell apart. And he realized that keeping fit, eating well was meaningless if the other parts of his life were not real. And we would add spirituality to that today. I would as well. You know, we're confronted with this question. What does a totally well-lived life look like? Because you can be the fittest, most nutritionally savvy person around. That doesn't answer life's questions. That doesn't answer the finality of life. The famous Sir Peter Snell, spent most of his uh, lifetime living in America, and he studied physiology. He's got a PhD from Washington State University. He's a brilliant man, and he obviously knows everything about the body and nutrition and physiology. And I read an article where he stated that through his study, his body and mind is so well-tuned that... Every part of the day, like every hour, he, he exercises and he eats so accurately. I, I just read this article, and it was just a fine article. He's got everything sorted because he studied it so much and so well. So the article went on. It's a nice article. And he said that because he lives to this optimum daily health, he's probably going to live to 100. That was the article. Sadly, a few months later, I read he died at 80 from a heart attack. You can have everything, but miss out. What is the foundation of our life? Where is our spirituality? The Bible is so wholesome. The Bible is so holistic. The Bible is so complete. We can chase after health and wealth, and everything, but miss the true north, miss the cross, miss the foundation of life, and we are called to live a Christ-centered life that will give us life. I spoke to, sorry, what's your name? Down the back there, the little older gentleman, this morning, yeah, he came in, sorry, I forgot your name. He shook my hand and he said he'd listened to Jeremiah, David Jeremiah this morning on TV, great preacher, he said that is the best sermon he's ever heard, is that correct? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, number two, (laughs) but you know, that's exciting, that's exciting that someone can come into a church and, and have heard of a preacher who, who has met him where he, where he needed to be met. And it's so exciting to hear that we can find life. We can find a foundation in life. We don't have to chase meaningless stuff. In Psalms it says, Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about heaping up wealth without knowing Whose it'll finally be. What are your building blocks of life? When you look back, what will you see as fundamental and foundational that got you through life, through to eternity, through to heaven? Don't be a person who gets to the end of their life and say, I could have, I would have, I should have, maybe I should have, maybe this. And as we read this book, The writer hints that there is actually an answer that God and heaven are available. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done. That's a funny two, isn't it, really? (laughs) That is done under heaven. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. Those last few words, the burden God has laid upon mankind, Life really is quite burdensome if we don't understand it correctly, if we chase the wrong thing. God wants us to be drawn to him through knowing of the futility of the world amongst us that we live in. He says, look around. There's no peace. There's no contentment in this burdensome daily life we live in. Instead, look to heaven. Look to eternity. If we don't find a saviour, if we don't find the Lord, if we don't humble ourselves, we do not find life. We do not find a contented life. Life is always burdensome. In chapter 3, verse 10, it says, I've seen the burden God has laid upon the human race, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Heaven is laid upon every human heart. And we need to find that base. You know, I, I like to say, we only know that much of God, right? Right? That much of God, when there's really infinite, that's it's huge. We can only manage a little bit of God. But let's expand that. Let's, by faith, step out. Let's, let's face it. Let's look for our Savior in meaningful places. Heaven is laid upon every human heart. We start that by being amongst this community of faith, valuing the people we meet. And most weeks I like to say, every person in the church is important. Every one of you brings a gift to this church. You contribute. Your smile, your handshake, your worship, your whatever, the cup of tea or coffee, everything is important. In my early days... I'd never been to church. I was 21, I was married. I had only been to church for two funerals and a wedding. I was searching, trying to find meaning to life, I guess. So I, I knew this Christian guy, so we went to his church one day, then kept going. I enjoyed the music, I enjoyed the message. It worked for today, it was relevant. And, and you know, if you've never been to church, it's a real scary, crazy place to walk into. You don't know whether to sit, stand, put your hands up, clap, smile, kneel, whatever. So slowly, I, I kind of got in, and I eventually, after three months, made a, a decision to follow Jesus. The music was great. The message worked for today. But, you know, when I look back, there was something else that attracted me to Christ, to that church. And it was the elderly couple on the door every Sunday morning that shook my hand and smiled at me. And they must have been well into their 70s. And I'd never had such warmth or smile or or even a handshake. You know, I had a good upbringing, but it was not close like that. And I realized later that this elderly couple who shook my hand, their giftedness was hospitality. And they were For me, coming to faith, they were just as important as the message and the music and the worship. Because when I look back, I saw them and I thought, mate, in their age, at their age of 70 plus, if they still love this Lord, there must be something in it. If they've traveled this journey of faith for all these years, and they're still standing at church and smiling and not grumpy, there must be something in it, and that helped me move my, my, into my faith, and it showed me that apart from the music and the sermons, the fact is that everyone brings something to the church, and there's something more for every one of us to work and contribute in the church. And when we read Ecclesiastes, we're told to stop trying to be and to get and to gain. In a sense, stop chasing after the wind. And we can be trapped in this crazy, difficult, burdensome world and miss heaven. Miss the glory of heaven. Chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator. Many years ago, I was talking to a pastor friend, and his mum and dad and his in-laws had been very strong uh, Christian leaders. One couple had been pastors in the church. The other couple had been leaders and elders. And they're in their 80s now. And So they'd been so influential. They'd done so much in the church. They'd walked so powerfully and strongly with their Lord and their Saviour for all these years. But he said, you know what's interesting? In their 80s, they still need to hear about Jesus Christ. It was a really interesting conversation. They would have heard all of the sermons. They would have preached all the sermons. They would have done everything you can think of in the Christian sense at their age. But he said, it's still really important that they are reminded of the Jesus they worship in their younger years. Isn't that interesting? In other words, we keep moving with our faith. We don't put it on a shelf. We keep our faith alive. We keep it active. We keep praying. We keep worshiping. We keep hearing from the Spirit of God in our lives. And as we get older, we need to come back to the basics again and again, that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He gives me meaning to my life. Well, useless, useless, meaningless, meaningless. That's how we started today. The raw question, what is the point of life? Because it's all meaningless if you look at Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. When crazy is all around us, we have the doorway to blessing upon blessing. When everything seems meaningless, when everything seems useless, we can find answers and blessings in our faith. We're never left without a way forward. In Matthew chapter 5, it talks about the Beatitudes. You are blessed. And I want to read this morning from the Message Bible, which is, I'm sure you've heard of it, a very contemporary version. It says, Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds. He climbed the hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed climbed with him, arriving at a quiet place. He sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You are blessed when you have lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You are blessed when you are content with just who you are, no more or no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that cannot be brought you are blessed when you have worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink, and the best meal you'll ever eat. You are blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You are blessed when you get your inside world, your mind, and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. There is meaning. There is meaning. There is blessing. The promises here, is the promise is that in a mixed-up, meaningless world, blessing and meaning is found through Jesus. When we're at the end of our rope, it all seems meaningless. With less of you, there is more of God. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world promise here is no one no person needs to live a meaningless life in a mixed up meaningless world you know in our christian walk we need to do the hard work we need to do the hard work of understanding this meaningless world that we live in and then we move into a meaningful life through our faith, through our Saviour, through Jesus. And we move into baptism, faith and baptism. And we eventually move into blessing from our Saviour, Jesus. Meaning and blessing is found in Jesus. You are blessed. The blessings here are for today. They're for the here. And now, not something in the future. We are blessed. We are meaningful people. We have meaning. We are blessed. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate. Let's move from useless, from meaningless to meaningful. Let's worship. Worship our Lord. Hallelujah. Have we got a song to finish? Please. Can we? Nice. Hallelujah. Let's finish with a song. A raging song of worship. If you'd like like prayer this morning, you know, if you're looking for a blessing from the Lord, if if life is tough, if it is, if you feel useless or meaningless, if you'd like prayer, just just come front, we'll, we'll pray for you. God is good. Our faith is real. Our faith is active. Let's ask the Lord for that blessing, that way forward. Hallelujah. Let's be excited about our faith.